mean, iron sharpens iron is probably one of the, one, a yeah. little cliche, but it's it's true. I mean, we're going to challenge each other for sure. I think of how, how can I be my best self? And that's how I approach it usually. You know, every team has its its unique things to it. Kevin and their, his staff and then just being at Minnesota. And there's no other choice for me at that point. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Tatum Everett. We've got producer Jay Nelson here in studio. Gabe Henderson is off this week and we've got Craig Peters in. Hello, hello. Poor hello Gabe. We're so excited to have so Craig in here. here. Yeah, Craig, you know, you've been on before. We always yeah. love having you and your insight. Um, so you are our co-host. We're happy that you're here. We also have a guest later on that we're excited to be talking to because we haven't spoken to Chris Reed, newest offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings since his opening press conference. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to good to see him out. Good to see it. He and everyone on the field uh, this time of year and uh, going through OTA practices and mm-hmm. uh, get to know his his backstory is so so great. And it's it's just so cool. You know, um, I used to watch training camp practices at, when he was down at uh, Minnesota State Mankato and um, former college teammate of Adam Thielen. He competed in some throwing events against CJ Ham. Like, I mean, so there, there's some really cool backstory ties and for him to to get to come back to Minnesota after um, a couple years uh, with some some neat experiences. I mean, he was part of that Jaguars team that made it all the way to the AFC Championship. And yeah. then uh, he's with the the really good Indianapolis Colts offensive line mm-hmm. last year. So he's, he's bringing a, a breadth and depth of experiences and um, just just super friendly too. So oh that's, yeah, that's I mean, might be one of those fun, right? what might be one of those signings that people aren't talking about but should be talking about. I look at it and say everything that's old is new again for him, especially you know he's back in Minnesota. Like you said, the ties between Mankato and even the joint practices here, the Jacksonville team or yeah. where they were around. Mm-hmm. I think for a guy like him, being able to come back to a place that's familiar sounds like you know he's been to a couple of different locations so far in his career. I think if he gets back here and he can really solidify in that room as not only a role player, but somebody that really contributes on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. I think uh, you will get the best out of this guy who's going to want to stick here in a place that feels familiar to him. Yeah, I mean, his face lights up when he's like, yeah, this was like really exciting yeah. for me and my family to be able to have this opportunity. And and it's really neat to see him kind of start gelling with the teammates. And I know, Craig, you've been out at OTAs. And for me, I don't know about you, whenever I talk to people about the Vikings out in the community or fans or partners or whatnot, they all they want to know is what's the mood like in the building? And that and that seems to be kind of the hot topic right here. So let me ask you, you were out at OTAs this week. What is the mood like out there? Prior to this week, um, there's just a general energy of, of positivity that, that you can feel and it kind of permeates through through different walls and within the the position rooms, the the just just zest and zeal and uh Almost everyone's learning something right now, you know, mm-hmm. like school is is really in session. But <laughs> I like that you, analogy. Coaches are, are some of the most passionate teachers out there. And I'll, I'll challenge anyone who who disagrees. I think the best coaches are the best teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they're having fun with this part, too, and finally getting to work with these players that they've maybe seen a little bit on film and tried to evaluate. And now they're learning how they learn and how to help each player reach their maximum potential because you know we're at nine players right now Mm -hmm. we have to be down to 53 by the season start and then we 
uh, you have to round out your practice squad too because you you have to build that depth mm-hmm. um, that's required in the NFL. And Kevin O'Connell talked about that in his press conference this week too when they were asking him kind of what's the vibe, what's the mood, what's your tone and what you guys are trying to set. He said even for him, he's having to learn at this point too going, oh yeah, I can actually make the changes to the, the schedule on how we want to do this. <laughs> and he's got to be in charge of the clock and everything else. So for a guy like him, not only are they implementing their own system, but he's also having to kind of go through the motions of I'm looking to somebody else that's supposed to be the job. Oh, wait, that's my job. And yeah. so I think um, the tone with that and, and and I think he really emphasized the idea, like you were just saying, the classroom work is really important now that they're actually getting onto the field. They can start throwing some live reps out there. It kind of feels like spring ball for college just at a pro level. And it's kind of weird. Spring ball was always I think some people are kind of like. Oh no, I got to do spring ball at times in college. And then there are other people who are like, I get to do spring ball. And I think <laughs> the feeling right now with that energy is kind of the, I get to do this, you know, and they're excited to learn a new system, figure out kind of what their role is. They've got a new teacher in town. And we're at a point where I think all of the players are having to really dig into their playbooks, work with their coaches, build that chemistry, and really do some work that is going to be super important during the OTA part. But then once you get to mini camp and some of those other areas, this is the time where it's really important for them to really build that chemistry that they've started over the last couple months. Yeah, you finally get to see it start translating. You've got two more weeks of OTAs before you hit mandatory mini camp. And so, Craig, what is the team or this or coaching staff's goals during May? What do they hope to accomplish before you hit that mini camp? You you have to grasp who learns by by listening, who learns by doing. Um, I feel like a lot like uh, Coach O'Connell's talked about uh, everything being from the neck up for the start of the program, and now I I, I kind of view it as. The, this stage is is reinforced by doing, but all eyes are even beyond the the rookie mini camp and and toward training camp mm-hmm. when it when it comes time to actually make this team the best it can be and, and ready itself for week one against oh those Green Bay Packers you know. oh that's who's oh, week just one those guys. Yeah. Just, yeah, those just, guys, just those guys those pesky yeah. Packers yeah you know one thing I thought was really interesting too and and um, this week in, in one of the press conferences they were saying that one thing that is guaranteed is. Every year, there will be a new team. There's always turnover. You never have every single player come back. You never have every single coach come back. There's always turnover. There's always change. And I think how they're able to transition here with some of the old dogs having to work with new people, whether it's rookies or free agents that came in. And I know that these guys are all professionals. They look at this and say, I know this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. But I think that if you, there are some critical changes that have happened since basically January. And I think this time is where guys like Eric Kendricks are, you know, is having to work with Jordan Hicks to try to figure out that whole chemistry and kind of how do you function? What do I do? You've got a guy like Reed who is just talking about walking in as a new guy, even though he's come from multiple systems and just trying to figure out, you know, who am I working with? What are their personalities and how best do we function? So I think that to me is always what this time of year is about is kind of how do we function together? But now on top of that, you have a brand new system for the first time in you know eight years. So there's just a ton of work to be done at this time of the year. Yeah, I think Eric is is going to love playing next to Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had um, they're I think uh, both 2015 draft class mates and and uh, Jordan had played with Eric's older brother Michael in Philly so they had kind of known each other and now I mean they they just both have such a proven track record of, of being these these great tacklers and you look at how um, the Vikings have built things up front with adding Harrison Phillips to Dalvin Tomlinson and and I think that those two guys are going to free up 
those middle linebackers to go make a lot of plays. And then you look to the outside and you have Zadarius Smith. That's along the exciting with part, right? Daniel Hunter. And <laughs> Daniel uh, did his first media session since, yeah. I believe, uh, September. It's just so like almost unfathomable because right. he, he came out looking like this uh, beyond mortal <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, entity and just, you know, but so humble. That, that's that's what I love so much about Daniel is like somehow he's, he's just so humble. But he actually said that uh, the way the Vikings defense is looking so far reminded him a little bit of how Minnesota chose to to do some things against Arizona last year in week two. And uh, he happened to have three sacks in that game. He didn't bring that up. I, I remember. You, I was you say, remember he, that he, part. He, did, he didn't bring that up. Let's keep that going. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. keep doing that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think you you combine him. Uh, I love Zadarius Smith coming in with the meet at the quarterback 2.0. Oh, uh, yeah. Harkens to the old days of the guys who uh, really helped launch this thing and um, just uh, really, really cool opportunity. I think that, that that front seven is is got so much experience and leadership that it uh, and then like the the secondary is working with veterans and uh, newcomers as well and and ascending players, players that we need to to make that next ascension too. And the biggest thing too on all of these days is do not get injured. You yeah. know, do whatever you can just to, to survive. You yeah. know, this, these are the time of year where it's it, this is the learning period and do whatever you can just to stay upright. Do not, you know, don't go to the ground and please do not come off the field limping for whatever reason. It's just it comes down to making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to learn, get out there, get the reps, get the mental reps going. And we'll go full boat at some point, you know, coming up here at the end of the summer. Yeah. And Chris even talked about kind of the gentleman's agreement. Yeah, he did. He did. That was a good conversation. I'm glad you asked that question. That was kind of funny because, I mean, people are looking at that line and they're looking at, you know, Daniil and Z and they're like, wow, like this could be a very scary front. And so that's and that's that's obviously what we want. Yeah. They walk out with the white gloves. They shake hands and they bow and then they (laughs) walk to their side. And it's just like a sumo wrestler. Like, here we go. Yeah. We want you to be good, but don't hurt each other. Right. That's correct. There's a there's a a May civility and a you're still my teammate civility. That is correct. (laughs) Yes. That's very, very probably goes out the window long about week one. So actually before that in camp. Yeah. Um, That's the thing is, you know, for these guys, this is this is all the putting the best foot forward and getting getting soaking in everything that they can with their coaches and then when everything really comes down to it come training camp time when everything's live go that is when you really see you have a job to do i have a job to do but i have to do my job to the best ability and that's where things really get real but this time of year it's just fun to see them all out there it's fun to see them out there working uh smile on their face coming Mm -hmm. back in talking about how positive things have been and i think that that's just overall for the culture of the not only the team but the organization. It's a, it's a fun breath of fresh air just to see how this is going to turn out. As well as the uh, leafy trees on the hillside. There you where go. It's finally, it's finally, green, finally springish. Green looks, grass looks yeah. much better out there than a few months ago. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can actually like get out there and and get up a little sweat. I mean, the other day get, getting a little sunburn, I was like, oh okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, you gotta this watch is, that one. Don't hate. I'd rather be sunburned. <laughs> rather be sunburned. But you talk about training camp and um and I think the exciting news that really has come out most recently is that it's funny because we thought that we were rid of Devontae Adams and now we open up this preseason against the Raiders in Las Vegas and we get to see none other than Devontae Adams. How about that? Maybe for a couple of series, maybe nothing crazy, but um, it's an exciting way to open up the season in Allegiant Stadium. 
That's on Sunday, August 14th. And then obviously we'll head into the, the 49ers and end the preseason in Denver on August 27th. Yeah. How about that? Get to see Russell Wilson. Maybe not at that point. It is the last preseason game. Three, game. You might yeah. see him like one series, maybe. I think teams are still trying to figure out how they want to use game three. Uh, yeah. yeah. Preseason. Right. Because it's not the fourth one. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I so. think it's also got to be something like it'll be weird for them because they'll have two games under their belt. I know George, I, I, I believe George had the attitude of, yeah, just get these guys healthy and get them out of here. You know, they don't yeah. want to have something like that happen. At the same point, if you get through two games and they're just not clicking, you might see him for a series or two just to get him some sort of reps. But I think that's always a crazy risk to take when it comes to those kind of games. But We'll see. Yeah, the Russell Wilson in, in mm-hmm. the orange era, you know, just uh, it's, it's an ex- it's exciting three games. Like yeah. I like, like, like seeing those preseason games, I wasn't at all like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Oh, and no. I think those will be the what the two most furthest west games. We yeah, will play yeah. All year that is such point. a weird schedule. <laughs> I love all yes. the schedule release and all the quirks that come out of it, and I mean, just the way the opponents shook out this year. Um, Minnesota's as as far west as uh, the regular season goes, um, but then uh, it it also makes sense with us being kind of a centralized part of the country that we'd be heading toward the the sands of Las Vegas, Jay. At some point, <laughs> one of my favorite places. More than uh, I can, but yeah, one um, of my one of my favorite places. Yeah. Allegiant Stadium is pretty amazing. The the great part is, I believe the architects are the same ones that did U.S. Bank. If you go in there, you can see very similar features. Uh, one thing that they have with with the Legion Stadium is it's, it's very uh, very much an oval, um, and so there's there. But if you go in there and you really start to look at things like video board locations, the downtown kind of glass skyline area of the stadium, Allegiant Stadium is set up in many ways very similar to U.S. Bank Stadium. So it'll be fun, I think, for the team to get in there and really really take a shot there. Um, you know, we've got some people that used to work with us here in Minneapolis that help run Allegiant Stadium, and we've got some really fun tours and stuff that they've just kind of shown us, and and I think it's a great stadium. It'll be a fun place to play for many years to come. Awesome. Yeah, well, speaking of seeing these guys hit the field and start playing, let's welcome in our guests, because I feel like we could talk about schedule release all day, but you guys probably want to hear from Chris Reed. Uh, he's a really great personality, somebody that really could solidify himself in the starting rotation potentially for this offensive line down the line. And we talked to him about that as well. And welcoming into the Minnesota Vikings podcast for the first time is Chris Reed, one of our newest offensive linemen, but no stranger to Minnesota. How's it being being back? Uh, it's, it's great. Um, you know, it's just I missed out on some of the, you know, the weather, you know, I got here, it was 60 degrees and then it went down to 30 again. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Now I remember Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, And now it's beautiful out. And, uh, and then I'm like, I love the summers up here in the spring and especially the fall. The spring. Did we have a spring? Not really. It's truncated. (laughs) I was wondering about that. You you blink, you miss it. Yeah. 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 I know. I know you've got, you know, your wife is from here. A lot of ties here as the excitement level kind of has it has it gone up since you've been here and kind of been around this facility? Getting the call that and, and signing and just all that excitement was it's just kind of carried over. Like it's not really gone away. Um is how I'd put it. Like my teammates are up here. I have my school is an hour and thirty minutes away, my wife's family's an hour away. I know so many people in the cities that have been a big part of my life. So uh it's just really cool kind of coming full circle back to Minnesota. Have you played at US Bank Stadium before? I have a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite stadiums in the NFL for sure. 
Yeah, yeah you were up here uh, with the joint practices in the preseason yep. to uh, kick off 2018, I believe. Yep, yep. I was with Jacksonville that time. I think we played that, and then I we played one more time, I think, with the Panthers. We were up here uh, mm-hmm. yeah, in 2020. Oh, the no-fan season? Yeah, no that fan must have been season. weird being in that stadium it, it with no fans. It definitely was. It definitely was. It was very, very quiet. <laughs> very, very quiet. Well, you got the first week of OTAs in the books. Um, you know, you've been with a few teams now, and – how does it compare? Like, how does this one compare to the ones that you've done in the past? Um, it's it's very similar. I think uh, we're, we're taking care of each other well, you know. And it's 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 hard it's hard to temper down football players, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I think everyone's really being a pro, you know. And uh, it, it's similar to other places I've been, and I really haven't had an OTA in the last two years, um, just with COVID. And then last year, you know, the players decided to do like a, a two week walk jog, walk slash jog through with Indy. It was really beneficial, but it wasn't, you know, a full, you know, two, three months mm-hmm. of a uh, workout. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been really nice being up here, getting to know everybody, kind of bonding with teammates, getting to know the O line, getting to know the offense. So it's been really awesome. Yeah. As a newcomer, how do you establish that kind of trust with the defensive line? Say, I, I, I'm going to do this much right now. This is May. You know, we're not, <laughs> we're not playing for the trophy in May. So yeah. I'll, I'll do me, you do you, but we'll, We'll reach this agreement. Yeah, right? it's just about working together. And, and, you know, sometimes there's miscommunication or, you know, one guy goes hard and then you have to pick it up. And yeah, it's just a work. It's ongoing. It's an ongoing, like, um, just collaboration with offense and defense. So, you know, as long and, and the key is just not to get anyone hurt right now. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one necessarily wins a job in, in this type of environment, you know. We're here to learn, get better as a team and grow. And then when camp hits, that's when the competition starts. You know, you're you're a new guy, but there are so many new faces around here, new coaching staff. Uh, does that make it a little bit, I guess, easier to make that transition for you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, every time I go to a new place, it's always you're learning so many things at once. So, you know, I've learned just to kind of. I know I, I'll look up the roster and just kind of remember names. I'm, I'm not the greatest with names of all time. So, um, and then you're also on top of the offense. You're getting to know the coaches, you know, the teammates, you know, the staff, you know, just the training staff, weight room staff. So there's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. And that's why I love being here in this offseason stuff because I get to know everybody before camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been awesome. Is it kind of comforting with so much, so many of your teammates learning from? new teachers too so like everyone's learning together coaches know that they're doing a lot of teaching yeah. right now yeah i mean it's it's really good to have a lot of different viewpoints too everyone learns a different way or maybe if a coach says it one way but then an older player or even even a younger player i learned from younger players too that you know they say it how they think about it or maybe it maybe a one or two more people actually then all of a sudden get it and and so that kind of uh, back and forth with coaches and players is really really helpful what kind of a teacher is your position coach, Chris Cooper? Um, well, he's really good. He's very detailed. Um, he's a player himself, so he he has that type of language and knowledge to relay that to and, and relate a little bit to the players. He's he's it's nice because he's figuring it out as as we figure it out as well. I mean, he he knows it ahead of time, but he's more. It's it's like a collaboration again. It's just. Mm-hmm. You know, he's teaching it, then, you know, one of us might say something that maybe hits his brain different, and he tries to teach it different ways so everyone can kind of get it at the same time. So it's, it's, he's been really good at it. And also, Justin Riscotti has been very good helping out too. And sometimes I'll sit back there and just run ideas and thoughts by him, and he'll even things out for me, or, you know, maybe it clarifies something for someone else. So it's been really nice. 
I mean, they're kind of like in the same generation as you too, right? I mean, they don't feel like they're that much older. It's like you have <laughs> players who are like just with you, like a real collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. And uh, as I get older in the league and I, I'm starting to get closer to coaches ages, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little weird. I'm still, I'm still a little bit of ways, but uh, yeah, I know just a little more common ground. Just wait until you can be around long enough to uh, look at the ages and the birth years of the roster and think back to the high school days when everyone <laughs> yes. on the roster was born. Yeah. It's a real trip. No, that's true. Um, I know right now when you look out at OTAs, you're looking at first team reps and what's going on, and you're in a little bit of a rotation right now with Jesse Davis. So does that kind of make you – I mean, you've been a fighter your whole career. Like, there's no lying. Like, you have worked your way – to be in the NFL for the career of longevity. So mm. now you're kind of here and you have some more competition. Do you like that kind of fuel to your fire? Yeah, I think you always get, I mean, iron sharpens iron is probably one of the, one, a yeah. little cliche, but it's, it's true. I mean, you get the best out of each other when you have competitions like that. And um, I know Jesse, I played with him in 2019 in Miami. He's a great player, great guy. Yeah. I mean, we're going to challenge each other for sure. And uh you know, like like I said before, the you don't win something here. You're, you're learning, you're working mm-hmm. together, and camp when the competition starts. Even then, as an O lineman, I never think of it as a competition with him. I think of how how can I be my best self, and that's how I approach it usually. You said in the opening presser, I thought this was really um, interesting, kind of indicative to I to I think what everyone has been saying about these guys, where the coaching staff is not a fear driven system. It's an environment that fosters players taking over and growing. How has that manifested during the off-season training programs and now in OTAs? I'd say just the back and forth between players and coaches. And, you know, I feel like I can walk up to, you know, Coach O'Connell or even Wes and, and just talk with them about a question I have or something. If Or, or even – and, and there's just like this – communication that's just kind of ongoing and flowing through. And, and that's really how it kind of starts, you know, and then uh, in season, you know, when players decide to do something, the coaching staff responds and listens and kind of the other way around. And there's this, that ongoing work and respect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not my way or the highway. It's, you know, how can, how can we do this the best way and taking answers from everybody and kind of putting that together. And, and, And that's kind of how I see this team kind of developing right now. Have you had that before? Yeah, I mean, I've, I think last year um, in Indianapolis, it was it was a, it was an older team, and and that's how I kind of saw it. Everyone was working together to do what's best for the team, and uh, the coaches listened to players. We had like a, a leader leader development team, and um, you know they had you know the veteran guys on the team and guys who've been there a long time would meet with head, the head coach and discuss things, and you know in any anyone could ask them to bring a subject up and they would and they talk about it mm-hmm. and then they just figure out a common point where you know this is what's best for the team and go from there so that was kind of and, and it's been here and there for other teams but i think indianapolis has really really realized it when you uh were looking around you know like in this off season trying to figure out where you wanted to go next was that part of the decision coming here like did that knowing that environment or seeing firsthand that environment and thinking it could be that way here yeah, I'd played a factor. You know, every team has its its unique things to it. And um, I just think the culmination of Kevin and their his staff and then just being at Minnesota and like just yeah. all of that was just too good to pat like I there's there's no other choice for me at that point. All right, Craig, we're gonna end this one 
with a little bit of a fu- more fun question. I think okay. we're we're, right. we're going to do some offensive line superlatives. I know you're the new guy around here, you know, but so far I'm just going to throw out a couple of descriptives and I want you to just think of the first person who comes to mind from the <laughs> offensive line room. Okay. Okay. Who is the most talkative? I think Brian, Brian O'Neill's can be a little talkative but in a good way, in a good way. You know what? I think it's so funny because I think offensive linemen are either really big talkers or they don't say <laughs> a word. <laughs> there's, there's like there's, both ends yeah. of the spectrum yeah. and it, like, it, it's like, yeah. there, there's very little middle ground. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're on the, the, the talker end of the spectrum and that's great. Uh, it's, it's awesome to welcome you into this space. You make, and you, what he's trying to say is you make you know? our job easy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you don't hold it against the non-talkers. No, you, you, just, don't. No. you don't. You just want to like, everyone's, uh, everyone's different. Yeah. yeah you just tell want to show us your personality a little bit more. Right? Come on. It's hard to tell the story of the non-talkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to tell the gotcha. stories yeah. of the talkers. Yeah. So, but you yeah. know, we like them all, but you know, I, I was just thinking about that. Like uh, several years into this, there's definitely that that position room. I think has like the the the, the most polar defined. Opposite, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too that funny. Uh, speaking of funny, who's the funniest in the room? Simone's got got a laugh that just as soon as he laughs, everyone laughs. I mean, it's awesome. it's kind of uh, infectious in that way. Okay, so it's so. funny that you talked about the talkability of these guys because mm-hmm. my next one that I put on here was. Who doesn't say much, but when they do, it's profound. Okay, you give me some Just hard questions pearls here. of wisdom, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, they may not say much, but then they're like, Buddha, I, I, right? I put Jesse in that category. I mean, he's quiet, but then he says something, and it's it sticks with you a little bit, or it's funny, or it's just out of nowhere. But, yeah, yeah it's just good. Okay. Who has the cleanest locker? Oh, I didn't even look at everyone's locker. Definitely not me. <laughs> I was going to um, say, you can nominate yourself if you want. No. Um, you know, I, I'll probably give it to Garrett. Okay. But I honestly, I, I haven't seen everyone's locker. So well, then maybe I, I that's a good thing. Maybe it's answer. not so noticeably bad, right? Like that, they're all kind <laughs> yeah, of let's, technically clean. Yeah, you're right. I haven't noticed any <laughs> terrible lockers. They're all kind of okay. Who is the biggest music fan? <sighs> you know, honestly, I don't know. Do I you think, guys pick jams for your room at all? <laughs> no, we don't listen to music in the online room. I'd say... Garrett and Brian some usually pick like the weight room music. Gotcha. You know, I, I say they kind of. What are their, yeah. what's on their Spotify? What was today? How was like house music I think was today. Oh, okay. So that was, wow. Uh, it was a little, well, I needed my glow sticks in the weight room I today. Was say, <laughs> right? That's good though. Yeah. <laughs> it does get you going. Yeah. Uh, does that, do any of them have a secret talent? Not, not that I've not discovered yet. Right. I mean, you, you just got to get it. Yeah, You're just yeah. getting to know each I, other. I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the we have the rookies coming up, and we're getting to know the rookies a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see what they, they bring and what talents they have. So um, it would be another question to ask later on for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll you keep that in to, the bank. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you always had to put them on the spot for some talent show. Type. Of course. Uh, yeah. Oh, They've been doing so great true, so huh? far. So. What do you think Vidarian's talent would be? He's a parent, so I mean, probably a great dad. I was gonna, he must be a great dad, yeah. right? Responsibility. That yeah, is what responsibility. That is you, what his talent is, because he is his story is so inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the challenges of parenting. Oh, you have yeah. a little one too. Yep, yep, I do. About to go on dad so duty. He's got he's got two, and then I believe his his brother. He's mm-hmm. he's a guardian of his brother. Yeah. So he said. So, I mean, he's got a full household, and he's doing great. So. You get to be a girl dad, though. I do. I do get to be a girl dad. Get to be. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm very lucky, and she's. She's amazing. So. 
It's nice to have some family help, though, if you guys yeah. are up here, right? I mean, <laughs> you don't have to do it all on your own it anymore. Is. Yeah, currently my my uh, my mom is down watching her right now, nice. so I get to go join her and help out and be dad. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. That's really fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being here because we just appreciate your time. We're so excited to have you here and to see what's next for this team as it continues to form, right? We want to encourage fans to look up all of the training camp uh, dates because that's what you want to see. You want to see, you like seeing fans in the training course, camp stands, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you you have uh, up close and personal views in your past of training camp. <laughs> have you gotten the, gotten the sideline pass, gone and checked oh, out yeah. the action, checked oh, out yeah. what Dylan was doing? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sad it's not Mankato anymore. Yeah. But these facilities are amazing, so I, I see why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Jake's pizza order, what, what you got? Where are you getting? Oh, man. I, I can't remember all their pizza orders. It's been, yeah. It feels like it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like a sausage mushroom like pizza yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. So I'd probably go classic a little bit yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, like, it, I mean, when, you, when you're on there on the field watching. Uh, the preparations are for an NFL season. And now you think, and you're you're preparing for yet another one for you. Like, I mean, do you do you think back to those days? Do you do you remember those days at training camp and laugh? Like, what <laughs> what keeps you going through the hard times, the dog days of training camp? Yeah, I think it's teammates. Yeah. It, it's it's knowing that like when you're going through and it's it's just a tough day and maybe you messed up a couple times and just you know everyone else is there too they're in the same spot you're in they're working the same amount of work like it's that's and that's what makes great teams is realizing that and mm-hmm. um not something special that not not everyone gets to experience so going through it with teammates is 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 kind of that key well it sounds like you got a good group in there yeah. you guys are getting along and wish you all the success this season i appreciate it thanks for having me on thanks for coming thank you I thought it was hilarious when you were talking to Chris about the personalities of offensive linemen. Because, I mean, he's a quiet guy, but he's a talker. Yeah. So I kind of feel like he might be in the middle a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Maybe so. Just but you might, were right. might depend on the day. I, I just, <laughs> uh, um, 10, 12 years of doing this, yeah. there's, there's offensive linemen that, that really enjoy speaking and talking. And then there's offensive linemen that that's not their bag. And, you know, you, you understand that. You, you try to... Uh, Make make it all work. Obviously, it makes it easier on us when we have to tell stories For when sure. they're willing to share their stories. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. I, I thought that um, his intro press conference was just so dynamic and yes. engaging and, and fun and just he he had that energy at the podium too and like the really cool connections to Minnesota and how really his wife and her family really kind of looped him in on being a fan of the NFL like yeah. <laughs> he hadn't even watched that much growing up like uh, it's yeah. always funny to me to hear like folks that have multi-year careers in the NFL that that really didn't center on that mm-hmm. from from the get-go so um but it's it's super cool I'm sure that they'll they'll be fixtures at training camp too with Rochester being so oh, yeah. close and uh you gotta um, imagine that yeah, for sure so that'll be really really neat I think he had fun with that too like thinking about like which which guys are at each end of the spectrum too so and you you had some awesome questions to to get to know um the rest of the group better too now the thing is I think you have to get more than just Chris now you gotta do oh, some I may have to start a whole series on this that's yes. the thing. Now, you, now you gotta start getting them talking about Chris, you know, that's what's true. Chris's quirks. But that's true. I think that's the thing, you know, you're you're both right in that offensive linemen, you, you typically are the speak when directed to, like, you know, kind of a thing. It's like <laughs> go grab a shovel, start digging, like do your job kind of yeah. an attitude. 
Um, but these guys all have personalities too. And so for a guy like Chris, who's the new guy to come in and do this was very, very helpful. So thank you to Chris for taking the time to do that. I love it. I mean, I, I'll say this, like we are pretty, pretty lucky to be able to get these guys on a regular basis to be on the podcast, to come in and have these conversations and get to know them. Like they yeah. are very much opening up to us. And, and, you know, as fans, you start to, you know, you may want to root for Chris just a little bit more because you've heard his story, which I think is so neat. And, um, um, and and really one of the more like rewarding parts of the job for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's it's just so much fun to to be able to to share their stories, uh, relay their backgrounds, try to combine the the helmet on and the helmet off content. For sure. And, and speaking of content, you guys are super busy. I mean, you're trying to catch your breath from draft party or or just the draft in general. Draft, yeah. Then yeah. you had the NFL schedule, schedule release, release and you've had OTAs. It becomes more elaborate every camp. year, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, Everything is a spectacle. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, we're so fortunate to, <laughs> yes. to be in a, a league that people care about so much. Yes. Even uh, four months before the opening kickoff, <laughs> um, you know, I always uh, really take a moment, even even when things are busy, to to just appreciate the fact that that fan support is so great for the NFL and the Vikings because mm -hmm. it allows us to do something we love so much. Yeah, and that that involves also the getting open series that you're colleague Lindsay is doing right now and making an impact in, in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the more recent features she's done has, has been on former Vikings offensive lineman Mike Harris. And um, he had a medical condition where he had to step away from the game and it, it had never been previously diagnosed. Went through a really uh, rough patch. You know, if you if you think about something you love so much and I mean, things, things were really ascending for him too, Jay. I, I, I know you remember how how everyone in the building was excited about the steps Mike was taking on the gridiron. So then it's gone, Another you know, flash, from him. Yeah. And, and so he went through a spell where he's, he's learning, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. You know, and now he's found ways to be connected to the game. And, uh, Lindsay told it so, so carefully and artfully and has received, uh, feedback from others, including a family going through a very similar medical condition and, um, they're, they're trying to get the help that they need for, for that family member. And it's, it's just like, if that story helps that one family, yep. I mean, it, it's hard to, hard to say. It's just so great that, that the, the platform can help others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the ultimate goal of this entire piece is try to help people understand, like, you're not alone. And for a guy like Mike, you know, I was here during the recording and after the fact we were talking as well. And just, I think the hardest thing when you, when you're those guys is you didn't do anything wrong yet. You still lost the thing that you love. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it's kind of the now what, you know, and I think for even a guy like Mike, who was as young as he was found out about, about this condition and just wants to be able to continue to do those things. And I think if you're somebody like that, who's, you know, the alpha of the alpha, the one of the 1%, and you get to that point and then to have something so small that's like a millimeter off be the thing that keeps you from doing that. I think there's a lot of questions and, you know, I think there's there's a chance for potential bitterness and those kind of things. And I think that is a that is a piece that you have to process for the rest of your life just to try to find a way to be OK with it. And I think once, you know, Mike now has figured out between the treatment that he needed to try to help him as much as he can finding other support groups, finding other people that he can work with, finding other groups and things that help give him purpose. That is the thing I think that's going to help him long term. 
even having somebody reach out and say, hey, we're going through something similar. Can you help us out? I think it at least helps him provide some sort of of uh, hope from the mm-hmm. situation to say, here's what I went through. Here's what you can kind of expect. But here's something that even I'm going through still. And I think in general, every single episode, you're going to be able to extrapolate something from those episodes to know that it's helping multiple people. And it's also to the point where the NFL is retweeting things that are coming out of this series. Mm-hmm. I think that just helps show how impactful this can be, not only for our organization and the people involved, but all across the league and all across the world who pay attention. Yeah, a big shout out to Lindsay Young for doing that. I know she was on the podcast last week talking about it. And we also props to Jay for the audio elements Absolutely. because that's such a neat touch that I think you guys have added. Um, there's also something exciting going on right now within our walls. The Vikings are hosting for the first time ever a diversity coaching summit. And this was the brainchild of coach, assistant head coach uh, Mike Pettin. Back in 2020, when he was still uh, with the Green Bay Packers and uh, COVID hit, so he didn't get to um, put his idea in motion. But they went through a rigorous selection process, identified 12 candidates to come in for a three-day experience. Uh, the the coaches are, are almost all the participants um, are uh, co- working in college uh, mm-hmm. environments. Um and they're they're trying to work their way up the coaching ladder. And uh, Coach Patton was was talking about how hard it is sometimes to to if the if the pipe doesn't have the water in it. it the, the, that's you know. And mm-hmm. so like this is designed to hopefully be a launch point that other teams can follow across the league and really increase opportunities for for folks who may have been overlooked in the past who have put forth good work. I think it was important that they went through and they were so meticulous in identifying the people and bringing them in. Um, the, the participants are, are going through, sit through meetings. They make presentations. They're on the field for, for the, for an OTA practice. Uh, their presentations are going to be recorded. They're going to receive written feedback mm-hmm. and the, the networking component of, of the coaching industry too is, is really important. So, our coaches here can um, really connect and, and put that face, uh, put that that teaching style or that that personality or that that grasp mm-hmm. of a system and ability to relay it, and they'll always remember that. And um, that that stands out so much stronger than the number of resumes that that would just Definitely. just come in. So that they have to pop in this industry, and, and the connections help so much. So. Props to Coach Petten for for envisioning this. Mm-hmm. Props to the participants for for chasing their dreams, yeah, and, and really going forward. And uh, to the the Vikings organization, I know Eric Kendricks um, asked him about it too, and he thought it was so cool that that the organization is is putting this in motion to increase cool. opportunities. And I think if you're one of those uh, university or college coaches, you just look at this as a peek behind the curtain of, you know, Mm -hmm. what you're in a similar profession, Mm -hmm. but this is kind of how we do it here. What can I take from that and go back? It's almost like a a spring internship for those coaches to be able to go back and not only think about how can we potentially do things a little differently where we are, but then even something for their future, just to have aspirations and goals. And if they want to work their way into working into the NFL or wherever else, however they would want to do it, just gives them another opportunity as, like you said, networking, but also just to create some new ideas on something that they're already currently doing. 
It was also great because Mike Pettin is a name that people recognize in the NFL as a former head coach. He comes in with a huge resume. He's been in Minnesota now for a while, but we've never really heard from him. We haven't heard his thoughts and everything. So being able to hear him talk the other day and and to understand what his passions are and his motivations, I think personally that was kind of what I was most excited to see as well as the, the ability to make this opportunity happen, which is pretty cool. There was a, a, a great authenticity in, in what he said. You could tell it was coming directly from his heart. Um, and you can also get a window into why it was so important for Coach O'Connell to hire Mike Patton mm-hmm. um, and bring him in as an assistant head coach. Um, going back to uh, their time when, when Coach was still a QB and uh, Mike Patton was a, a coach with the Jets. So they, they had some over <laughs> overlap yeah. um, there and re- really connected. And I think that... Um, the the wealth of experience that that uh, Coach Petten can add to a first year head coach is yes. is going to be something that's going to be relied on, and it's it's awesome. I know that that Coach O'Connell wants to do things his own way, and like you were saying, he's learning. <laughs> yeah. he, it is his way now, right? That's he, just a, yeah. he, he is the highway, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, um, can, you can lay the groundwork for the highway. Yeah. This is your ability to pave the road. Yeah. 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 So, um, but I think that, you know, having, having someone that's been in your shoes down the hall that you can call and ask Mm -hmm. about anything and then not be afraid to either implement what they tell you or say, you know, I've, I've thought it over. I appreciate what (laughs) your perspective is, but maybe I'll try this instead. And I think that that's kind of part of the, the culture that's the, uh, really been emphasized here too, is like evaluate ideas, listen, hear, and then decide. And it's kind of the way that Kwesi kind of went through the draft to pull it in as many perspectives as possible, but somehow being able to sort through that information and prioritize it to match what he felt ultimately was best. And a guy like Patton also is paying dividends. And when they went and brought in Shannon Sullivan and Zadarius Smith, you know, having familiarity with those guys, they were willing to come here. And they even cited having a guy like, you know, Petten in the building to help ease that and make it attractive to come here to Minnesota. So I, I, I feel like, again, this goes back to all of the collaborative stuff that's been talked about. You've got these new guys coming in here with this new attitude. And I think um, having a guy like Mike here is going to show dividends in multiple ways, not just on the field. Yeah, it feels very intentional. A lot of these signings, now that you kind of have a couple months to let them sink in, a lot of these coaching hires, the way they've put things together, I think the word that always comes into my mind is intentional. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's it's nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. And I think that they they frequently explain the why. Yes. To, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, when they're in meetings. And I think yeah. that that's, that's also an important component um, just because just if, if it is something new, well, why are we doing it this way? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. That, no, I get yeah, it. Yeah, that, that <laughs> makes more sense. All right. Well, even though I haven't done that before, I guess I'm going to give this an open mind and right. uh, full heart. Shows purpose. Yeah. It just shows that it's not just lip service. There is a meaning and a reason behind it. And I think with all these guys in the building, they're probably going to look at it and say, just give me a reason why we're doing this work and show me where it's going to pay off. And then I'll, we'll go do it. And I love all of that so much. I'm just hoping that it yields results, right? At the yeah. end of the day, that's Everybody all we does, need. We just need sure. some wins, right? Yeah, and I mean, you can <laughs> you can look back to Kendricks the other day during his media session. And, I mean, he he was not shy about saying that he he wants to win. <laughs> he yeah, all really of them wants yeah. to win. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's it's like whatever he can do to help, whatever the team can do to help. I think that 
like everyone's on the same page there. And um, there's there's a good culture mm-hmm. in place that, that Coach O'Connell was even appreciative and said, like, I've inherited several great players yes. to help me mm-hmm. get this thing going. You always hear about the rookies and everybody talking about, I just want to stick around and get my second contract. When you're around for a while, a guy like Kendricks, you start seeing kind of eventually the end of the line. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't care. I just want to win. You know, how many times do we see guys take pay cuts to go play for the Patriots or something to walk out with a, yeah. a ring for their career? That is something they're trying to build here, too. So I'm hoping that uh, between guys like Kendricks and Hicks and even Zadarius or Daniil, with those two guys having gone through some injury stuff, like they can talk about how precious a resource the time is for your career. And hopefully everybody gets in the same boat and starts rowing. Row the boat? Yeah, that <laughs> works for the Vikings too. <laughs> right, it does. It totally does. On that note, we'll wrap things up here. Thank you so much to Craig Peters for being on the podcast this week. Oh, it was such a great time. Look forward to it next time too. Thanks, yeah, your insight is always great. You can catch his work on Vikings.com or log on to the app. You know what? I think one out of three chances is his article. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for Jay Nelson, Craig and Tatum. Well, I'm Tatum for myself, I guess. Yeah, that's you. Eh, you know. <laughs> Great way to end things. We're ending on a high note. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm